Today on the Tech Bytes podcast, we discuss multi-cloud deployments and supporting hybrid workers with VMware's Workspace ONE. We're sponsored by VMware, and we'll be talking with VMware partner ITQ. Our guest from ITQ is Johan von Amersfoort. He is a technologist for digital workspace and AI from ITQ. Uh, Johan, welcome to the podcast. And before we dive in, can you give us a quick overview of ITQ and what the company does? ITQ is a 100% focused VMware partner. So we only do VMware and a little bit of the ecosystem around it. We marked 21 years. This year, we started as a consultancy company, but mm -hmm. in the last couple of years, we also expanded our services portfolio to manage services and support services as well. And the main reason for that is that we can now serve customers end to end from like right. start. Customers tend to want to buy their products and their services from the same place. So even when you start as a services company, you tend to migrate to providing product over time. Uh, yeah, we do. So mm. uh, customers could start with from a digital workspace perspective, for instance, mm. simple with a, with a VEI platform. But over time, we notice that the customer might have like a focus on, on hybrid working uh, in a way that VDI as a, just a sole platform doesn't make sense anymore. Mm. Can I ask a weird question here? Workspace One is the virtual desktop or the a technology that VMware sells to market. We haven't heard a whole lot about it. And yet during COVID, I think it was super important to a lot of companies. And even today, a lot of companies are still using it as a way of doing remote computing or distributed computing. Is that correct? Is my perspective correct here? Are companies still doubling down on this virtual desktop infrastructure? Well, not really. So uh, Workspace ONE is a platform focused on managing modern endpoints. Um, mm and managing identity, uh, basically offering every employee of a company uh, a place to work uh, from home, from the office, from basically any any location uh, and provide access to any type of application. Could be traditional, could be modern, could be web-based, including all of the security measures. Now the VDI uh, side of things, uh, that's part of the Horizon platform and mm -hmm. Those platforms combined are called the Anywhere Workspace. Uh, so Workspace ONE does have a full integration with Horizon. So you could provide mm -hmm. secure access to those traditional apps or to virtual desktops or uh -huh. even manage those virtual desktops in a modern way through mm -hmm. Workspace ONE. So this is this idea platform. of VMware's cloud smart ecosystem. You want to have stuff that's on-prem and, you know, that's cloud-like, so virtual desktops on-prem. And for apps that are in that sort of heritage mode, um, but you also want to be able to access cloud resources. And so Workspace ONE then is covering that extra part where Horizon was the VDI, but Workspace ONE is now saying there's stuff in the public cloud as well. Exactly. Uh, but next to, uh, because Horizon was primarily focused at uh, on-prem VDI mm -hmm. platforms based on, on customers' own data centers, but the mm -hmm. Horizon platform itself is now also expanding to different cloud offerings. So Horizon Cloud, if you will, uh, is the platform that provide could provide access to desktops running on Azure, Google, AWS. It doesn't really matter. And through a single brokering portal, end users could access a desktop from basically any place, anywhere, anyhow. So the idea is that not only are we, you're looking to support remote work, but also this hybrid cloud and multi-cloud environment. 100% true. Yeah do that? How does ITQ bring that to the, to your customers? Because that, that doesn't sound um, easy, shall we say, or obvious, oh, not, because, yeah. <laughs> because that's, a bucket full of, that's a bucket full of trouble. 
That's one of the biggest misconceptions, right? So a customer uh, calls us like, we want to work in a hybrid fashion. Could you help us? Yeah, sure. But like the first thing we always do is run a full-blown assessment in such an organization to basically get an overview, a detailed overview of applications, their endpoints, how they work, when they work, where they work, how their current Active Directory is being used. Basically, massive data lake with every type of information that we need to propose the best way of working to the customer. And that could be mm. based on full-blown Workspace ONE. It could be based on full-blown Horizon, something in the middle to actually create a hybrid way of working and also include um, the cloud platforms if, uh, if necessary. And if the use cases that the customer trying to implement or to achieve actually make sense to, uh, to run that on cloud as well. Well, there's a lot of pain in off-prem cloud. So I only see two types of cloud, on-prem and off-prem, right? And a lot of people, if you want to blend them together, that's called hybrid cloud. And as soon as you say hybrid, I spell that P-A-I-N. So I would think that a a lot of customers that have Horizon or want Horizon, but they also want to have off-prem cloud as well. So am I right in thinking that if I started with some on-prem and having Workspace ONE means I can stretch out as needed or migrate as needed in some way? Uh, yes, that's part of the truth. So mm-hmm. Workspace ONE provide unified access to any type of application or any type of desktop. Horizon and the tooling that's part of Horizon, such as app volumes for application delivery, DEM, Dynamic Environment Manager, to provide profile management for like Windows users. All of those tools are capable of stretching to multiple clouds and on-prem clouds as well. So what we've been seeing quite recently is that at the beginning of the first pandemic, a lot of customers chose to run their workloads at a hyperscaler, just uh, spun up a bunch of desktops, run those uh, uh, their applications on them because they needed a, a way to, uh, to work in a hybrid or in a remote fashion. What we mm. saw is that a lot of customers signed multi-year contracts with multi-year reservations. Mm-hmm. And especially the ones that had a, a term of three years have now expanded. Cloud costs have increased enormously. And mm. um, for the last couple of months, we've been migrating customers back from cloud to on-prem environments. Oh, repatriation. Yeah. Oh, I'm tired of people telling me that no one's moving back off, off from off-prem to on prem because that's what they say you know all these develop developers going no one's ever moving anything off the cloud i'm going oh yes they are so this is definitely happening yeah it's definitely happening and you know all ties to the right type of workload so if you run some of your services in native cloud which makes perfect sense then yeah keep them there because that's what cloud was originally created for but if Mm -hmm. you run your monolith applications your monolith vms or your in this case desktops in the cloud mm. with yeah no specific reason other than you know provide remote access mm, mm. and it's a fairly expensive solution to be uh, to be honest my impression is that a lot of organizations were sort of caught up in the hype of cloud is the new thing and we need to digitally transform and so there were all these initiatives to sort of lift and shift applications that were running fine on prem into the cloud because it was cloud but you're saying uh, IT organizations now recognizing maybe this isn't the best way to do this. Let's start to bring stuff, some stuff back on prem. And it, are, are you, you're seeing it as those sort of traditional monolithic applications? I see a, a virtual desktop as a monolith application. So it means that you need a lot of tooling to manage those virtual desktops as well, to manage applications, to manage security, to manage profile and, and user related settings, to basically manage anything that makes that virtual desktop workable and manageable. Mm-hmm. 
to to be fairly honest, like a VDI platform, I always kind of uh, make relation to MacGyver. MacGyver was really good at making awesome stuff with a lot of different tools and, and band-aids and, and, and pocket knives. That's what we do with VDI as well. We have a lot of pocket knives and, and tools and basically the Horizon suite provides us all of the tools to make VDI a great place to work, but it comes mm. with a cost and that cost is, is, uh, is an administrative overhead. And that's definitely something with modern mm. management that you don't have or have less. Yeah, well, MacGyver only makes it to last till the end of the episode. And the problem with IT is once something's built, it never gets changed ever again. So and you really want to, yeah, you want to get it right the first time. You don't want to MacGyver something up. You want to actually do it. Because <laughs> you're going to be MacGyvering it for the rest of your life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, circling Job security. To, but, <laughs> well, circling back to your question, like what makes IDQ unique? Uh, we've been spending a lot of time in the last couple of years Mm. Um, figuring out what the best way of MacGyvering such a solution is. And um, mm. I think we yeah. did a really awesome job. Um, it shows in the type of customers that we're currently working with. Mm -hmm. um, at first, we were focusing on purely the Netherlands. But mm. now, like uh, most of our customers, most of the customers I work with um, are global recognized Fortune 500 car uh, customers um, mm. that see what, what, you know, uh, what results we achieved so far with other customers how mm -hmm. we can create customer success and successful outcome. And we've been really successful at that. So we're seeing a shift in the type of customers that that approach ITQ uh, because they see what valuable VMware partner we are. And one thing you said about uh, talking about Workspace ONE and Anywhere Workspace is that end users can access any application on any device. And you talked about the benefit is giving you know IT managers some control. But when you say any application, any device, that sounds like not any control. So how are you actually able to get your arms around that? That's a really good question. So what we strongly focus on uh, and what we believe is that the way you tend to secure a device up till a couple of years ago, that was strongly focused on let's remove all uh, permissions uh, for, for the end user. Let's uh, put all applications on it uh, and let's secure it from the ground up and make sure that the end user um, uh, was is hardly able to do um, something outside of right. their work. You essentially want to put them in a box and, and yeah. end users tend not to like that. Absolutely. So what we've seen in the last couple of years is that boxes don't work. So if you, as an employer, provide a box and the, uh, the end user is used to, let's say the end user or the employee just left university, was able to do all of her or his work on a fancy MacBook or on, on something else. It doesn't really matter. Other form factor. That's where the challenge lies, because now you go to a company, the company provides you with a 17 inch Mac or laptop that's completely secured and uh, is basically that box. What are you going to do as an employee? Are you going to do your work in a way that that's not only how you weren't used to, uh, to do it, but also uh, makes you maybe even frustrate or get frustrated. So you leave the company. And this is why where Workspace ONE provides something else. One of the things that we do from a security perspective, coming back to your question, is that we enforce security through compliancy. So we provide a, a device, the, the end user could buy it themselves, it doesn't really matter, and roll it into Workspace ONE. And we basically provide a next-gen antivirus solution. We provide a firewall and some other security related tools, and we enforce what we call compliancy policies. So as soon as the end user, for instance, disables encryption or disables a firewall or disables a virus scanner or cancels uh, security patches, we automatically revoke access to the backend. 
So mm. they cannot access any corporate resources anymore because we detect that their device is incompliant. So the idea here is that, that you're providing some balance between end user choice of device and security controls and, and compliance controls for the IT organization. Absolutely. And if we are now talking to developers or CAD designers or people that do complex things on uh, on complex devices, but still uh, want to uh, also be able to uh, to work with the, uh, the, the company backend, this is a perfect solution because a developer wants preferably all admin access to a device mm. where he or she is developing on. Mm -hmm. And if it you... also plays into the zero trust. We've got so much of a thrust in the industry around zero trust. You're also implementing that in a slightly different way to what most of the other zero trust uh, products are doing, but it's an effective zero trust strategy nonetheless. It is. And mostly because also of, of this, uh, this example. So uh, mm. We are capable of providing that zero trust strategy to, I would say, most of the uh, of the use cases that we that we uh, uh, come across, uh, simply because mm -hmm. of this philosophy behind it. And it's simple. Uh, like uh, Google once uh, created the uh, Beyond Corp project, and the only yeah. thing an, uh, an employee at Google sees or does is like, there's there's a button in Chrome. If it's a light, basically, if it's green, I'm secure. If it's red. I'm not secure and I need to call uh, IT. We yeah, do the exact yeah. same thing. So mm. there's a compliance uh, window in the Workspace ONE um, client and, and the end user can actually see if they're compliant, yes or no. If not, yeah. they don't get access. If they do, uh, if, it's, if it's green, basically, they do get access and that works really well. There's a lot of services in there. This is why ITQ is so important to this product is because you've got to talk to the customer and work out what's in and what's out. And what's, you know, if somebody's not allowed, you know, how do you cut the CEO off because he's not inside policy? You know, that sort of stuff? Because that's hard. It is. But at the other hand, uh, because we're an independent company, mm -hmm. we, we can actually make this work. CEOs from customers of ours trust us with that because we have a, a track record that's unbeaten. And I think what makes us, uh, like I mentioned at the beginning of, of, of the podcast that we focus on VMware and the ecosystem around it. So mm -hmm, one of mm -hmm. the examples from a zero trust perspective is that now we we announced a, a partnership with NetClean quite recently. Uh, yep. NetClean is a solution that detects child sexual abuse material, and it's mm -hmm. fully com complementary to our zero trust as a service offering. So right. we, we can actually provide that solution now as well as part of that offering to customers. Uh, and make them like feel secure in an additional way. And I think that makes ITQ also unique that we can actually see what the uh, the market is looking for, or maybe mm -hmm. even um, uh, help shape the market by adding those solutions to our offerings. All right, well, there's a lot more to talk about here, but we are at the end of our time. Uh, thank you, Johan, for joining us. And thanks to VMware for being a sponsor. You can head on over to VMware.com to find out more about hybrid cloud and remote work. And while you're surfing, head on over to PacketPushers.net for even more podcast goodness. You can also find Packet Pushers on Twitter, hear us on Spotify, and rate us on Apple Podcasts. And remember, too much networking would never be enough.